All right, good morning. How are you all, TBA? <clears throat> good. My name is Dave Shive. If you don't know who I am, I'm a little sick this morning. I'm sorry. So we're going to try to see how we get through this. It's an honor to be with you this morning. If you've been with us for the past couple of months, then you know that we've spent a lot of time looking inward as a church. We've been looking, looking inward to the condition of our heart and looking at where our relationship to Christ is, and then we've been looking inward as a church body to see, see where we are in relation to the mission that Christ has for us. And if you're like me, you might be asking the question, why are we spending so much time talking about all these things? What's the purpose of all of it? Well, a little less than a year ago, we as pastors, we went away for a few days just to seek God and ask God what he wanted for the next steps of this church. And God confirmed in us that the vision and mission for this church is still the same, that vision of being the hands and feet of Jesus, and that he has really big plans for TBA. We believe that with all our heart, that God has really big plans for this church. But one of the things that, he, that God really revealed to us was this, and it's really the key to all of it, and it's the people of TBA need to say yes to him. They need to be in obedience to what God's calling them to do. And God made it really clear that he wasn't going to move unless his people were willing to surrender everything to him and allow him to work through them. And so he's looking for this church body to rise up and say yes to the mission of reaching a world that is desperate, desperate for hope. See, we live in a world that is filled with poverty and pain, oppression, injustice, and suffering. And these aren't things that are just happening, happening in some far corner of the world. They're happening right here in our backyard. If you'll just take the time to look, just take the time to look, you're going to see your neighbors and your coworkers and your classmates and even your friends. They're all struggling through this life. Oh, people try real hard to wear a mask that it's all good. But behind that mask, marriages are failing, and children are being abused, and families are being broken into, and people are burdened with worry about the future. And people are trapped in addiction. There are single mothers that are struggling financially. People are dealing with grief, guilt, shame, and hopelessness. And all of this adversity... All of the suffering that's in this world is our opportunity for ministry. This is the work that God, God has given this church. God has given that work to us, directed toward a suffering and desperate world. And the truth is, we feel like God has told us that the strategy of how to reach this world has changed. It's changed. 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, the strategy was to invite people to church. It was kind of a build it and they will come kind of thing. But that strategy is no longer working. It's not that inviting people to church is a bad thing. It's just more and more people are distrustful of organized religion. And 10 years ago, people would come through the front door of a church. But today, less and less people are actually coming through the front door of a church. And when these two churches merged to become TBA, we as a pastor team sat down and we asked God, what do you want this church to be about? We wanted, God, this is your church. What do you want it to be about? 
And it took almost a year of us being on our knees in prayer, seeking God before God spoke to us. And when God spoke to us, he gave us living scent. And he told us, this is the mission of TBA Church, to live scent. And we've been trying to figure out what live scent looks like ever since. See, our mission is to reach this world as the hands and feet of Jesus. We're living scent in order to share the amazing love of Jesus Christ. And while we didn't quite understand the full meaning of it back then, in the beginning, over the years, God has made it clearer and clearer to us that he has been preparing us for this time. A time when people will not attend a church service. A time when the best strategy for reaching somebody is doing life with them intentionally, purposefully investing in them to share Christ. And you may not know this because you've been hearing us talk about Live Sent for a long time, but that's a major shift in church strategy. Our coaches who work with coaches all over the state of Florida have said as much to us. And they've told us that we're well ahead of the coming trends that they see. And so I hear that and I go, well, that's just God. God has been preparing us all along for this mission. But in order for us to accomplish this mission, it requires every single one of us, every member of this body, to be spiritually healthy and vibrant with the life of Christ in them. The work of the ministry cannot be effectively carried out in a weak and unhealthy church, a church that is torn with internal pains and racked by spiritual diseases. And that's why we're spending so much time talking about the body of Christ, going through all these things, because we know that this church body has to be a healthy body in order to accomplish the mission. And so we're going to talk about that today as we continue through this Body Life series. We're going to talk about how to maintain a healthy body. And I don't find that ironic that I'm sick today and I'm going to talk about maintaining a healthy body. I think that's just God's sense of humor. (laughs) I know these concepts may be a review for us, but I think they're essential and we need to keep talking about them. So let's look at the first point. The first thing we need to do is we need to eat a healthy diet. Eat a healthy diet, excuse me. I'm sorry. Eat a healthy diet. Again, I know we say this to you over and over again, but you have to be, you have to be in God's Word every single day. It is as vital to your spiritual life as physical food is to your physical life. And the reason we keep repeating this over and over and over again is because most of you aren't doing it. You're not doing it. People are starving themselves spiritually because they're not in God's word. And then they wonder why they're having trouble being close to God. They wonder why they struggle in their walk with Jesus. And the reason is because it's impossible. It's impossible to have an intimate relationship with Jesus if you don't spend time with him in conversation. You just can't do it. When Jesus was in the wilderness... After his baptism, he fasted for 40 days, and then Satan came to tempt them. And the first temptation that Jesus had was Satan told him, turn these stones into bread, because he understood how hungry Jesus was. But Jesus said to him, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy, and he's talking about When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they didn't have any food. 
And God miraculously provided the Israelites with bread from heaven. And it was called manna. Now what's important about this quote is later in Jesus' ministry, after he fed the 5,000 people, he was meeting their physical needs, but he was trying to get them to see the more important spiritual need that they had. And he said to them, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, my father did, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, sir, give us that bread every day. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And see, we know from John 1 that Jesus is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And Jesus is saying it's not food that is the most necessary part of your life. The creative, energizing, and sustaining power of God's word is the only real source to man's existence. And without it, we are spiritually starving and dead. And this body of Christ, TBA Church, cannot and will not be able to meet the immense spiritual needs of this community if we are not spiritually healthy ourselves. We have to be healthy and have a steady diet of God's word every single day. The other part of, health, other part of eating a healthy diet is we have to remove the junk food that slows us down. James 1 says this, Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. See, there's no way that you can maintain a healthy body if you're constantly filling it full of junk food. Believe me, as a person who struggles with weight, I understand this concept intimately. I can't expect to go to McDonald's, order a Big Mac, large fries, and then think if I get a Diet Coke, it's going to offset things. It just doesn't work that way. And if you think it does, you're wrong. It doesn't work that way. And the truth is, that's what we do from a spiritual standpoint as well. So many of us allow this world to corrupt us from the things that we hear, the things that we say, or the things that we hear and the things that we watch. And so many different voices get into our lives that God just becomes one of many things instead of the thing. And then when we do take time to acknowledge God, we throw a prayer in here, read a verse here or there, and we think that's going to take care of all of it. When in reality, we're losing our soul. Just like James says, we're losing our soul to the world because we're starving the spirit that's within us. If you remember when we talked about the, the soul, we said the soul is, the, is our mind, will, and emotions, right? And our soul is going to be controlled by either the spirit or the flesh, Paul says it's going to be a constant battle between the two. One of them wins out. And it's the one you feed the most. It's as simple as that. If you want to live a spirit-filled life, a life that brings things of the spirit, things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, then you have to be feeding the spirit with the life-sustaining power of God's word. If you want to have joy instead of worry, feed on God's word. If you want to have patience instead of anger with your spouse and children, feed on God's word. If you want to experience this amazing love 
that comes with an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, feed on his word every single day of your life. All right, so we have to have a healthy diet. The second thing we need to do, which I hate, is get regular exercise. I hate exercise. I hate it. But from a physical standpoint, if a body eats food for energy and continues to feed itself but doesn't ever use that energy, what happens to that body? It starts to look like this. You become fat and lethargic. And the same is true of a spiritual body. How effective is a church that looks inward but never looks outside of its own walls? What good is it to learn about Jesus and to feed from his word, to benefit from his blessings if we don't take what we've been given and share it with others? Paul says that knowledge puffs us up. It makes us feel important. But love, love which is an action, it's knowledge in action, love strengthens the church body. And see, we have to exercise and use this amazing gift that Jesus' love has given us. And we have to leverage it for his kingdom. Now, we've talked about this for the last two weeks. God has given each of us a spiritual gift that needs to be used here inside this church and outside these walls. And we have to use those gifts in order to accomplish the mission that he's given us to live as the hands and feet of Jesus. We have to begin to put our faith and knowledge into action. James says it this way, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, well, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give them, that person, any food or clothing? What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's a dead and useless faith. See, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because we've talked about this for the last two Sundays. And if you didn't hear those messages, go to our website and download them or go to our podcast and get them. The point I'm really trying to make here is that this church... If TBA Church wants to fulfill the mission that God's given us, we have to exercise our gifts and faith. We will be the most effective and strongest. We will be the most effective and strongest when every one of us is involved using the gifts that God has given us. And God will do amazing things through his church when his people are willing to be used by him. So get a healthy, so eat a healthy diet, get regular ex- exercise, and here's the third thing. Use the cure for cancer. <coughs> Excuse me again, I'm sorry. Cancer is one of the top leading causes of death among Americans. It's a deadly disease that if it's not caught and diagnosed early, can get out of control and be almost impossible to stop. And if you know or have known somebody who's gone through cancer, then you'll understand the destruction that happens when the body turns on itself and fights with itself. And the same is true of the church body. A house divided cannot stand. And when division starts within the church body, it becomes a cancer that spreads and destroys. And I've seen it happen Many times within a church, the enemy gets a foothold and begins to sow discord and the unity that Christ sacrificed himself for and commands us to hold on to 
falls easily by the wayside. And here's the number one cause of cancer in a church. The number one cause of cancer in the church is the tongue. It's the words we use and the way we say them. James says that among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. Sounds like cancer, doesn't it? It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. And from the tongue come all sorts of things that cause division within a church body. Things like gossip, grumbling, and backbiting, and slander, malice, hatred, unforgiveness. And I'm telling you, there is nothing, there is nothing that will destroy this church faster than things that come out of our mouth. Years of work and effort can be destroyed with just a few words. Friendships that are built on love and trust ripped apart because of the tongue. People's faith destroyed because seeds of discontent and doubt were sowed in their hearts by others. Unity is a huge deal. And a foundational principle that Christ built his church upon They will know us by our love. Remember that verse? Paul talked about unity all the time. In fact, he saw the danger of division and the cancer that it was. He saw it so clearly that his response was to cut it out and remove it entirely. In Titus, he says, If people are causing division among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sins condemn them. Now I know we don't talk about church discipline a lot because it's not a very popular subject. But Paul is basically saying people that cause division, you remove them from the church. And those are pretty strong words. But he knows the danger that can can come. So he takes drastic measures to protect the body. But he also gives the cure. There is a cure for this. There is a cure for cancer. And it's easy. The cure for cancer is love. It's love. He says this in Ephesians. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So I would say this to you. In the most loving way that I can, if you are a person who is in everybody's business and letting everybody else know about everybody's business, Stop doing it. Just stop. You're causing damage to the body of Christ. If you're the kind of person who is constantly complaining about how things are done to other people, stop complaining. Just stop. We have this huge mission in front of us that honestly is so much bigger than your complaints. If you've caused injury or hurt, to your brother or sister, go make it right. Just go make it right. 
If you're holding a grudge because somebody hurt you, forgive. You're commanded to do so. It's not an option for you. And if you're intentionally causing harm and division to this body, stop it or you will be removed. And I don't say that flippantly with pride or arrogance. I'm just humbly begging you out of love to stop destroying what God is doing here. Instead, let us use the cure for cancer and show the sacrificial love to others that was shown to us by Jesus. Overlook each other's faults. Let your words build up and encourage, not tear down. Let's let the world know. Let's let them know that we're unified by our love for each other. All right, so here's the last thing we need to do to maintain a healthy body. Seek medical attention when you are injured. (coughs) Excuse me again. If you break your arm, what's the first thing that you do? You head to the hospital or the doctor to get medical attention, right? So that they can reset your arm and put it in a cast and help your wound to heal, right? It would be silly for us just to continue on with life with a broken arm, pretending like nothing was wrong, wouldn't it? Not to mention that a whole series of problems could come out of that. Our arm might not set right and would heal at an odd angle, and we could lose full mobility or use of that arm. If it was a puncture break, the wound could get infected, and eventually our arm would have to be amputated. So it would be crazy, crazy for us not to seek help when we're wounded, right? Everybody agree with that? So why do we do that? Why do we do that when we're spiritually and emotionally wounded? Because the consequences are just as grave and sometimes even more devastating than ignoring physical wounds. Why is it when we're walking through something extremely difficult, through the difficult trials and storms in our lives, we refuse to let anybody know that we're in pain? Why do we keep wearing a mask week in and week out saying that everything is okay and good in life when in reality we have a medical emergency going on on the inside? Why do we do that? Is it image? Fear? Pride? See, I think it's one of the enemy's greatest weapons And he wields it with efficiency and accuracy. His goal is to keep you isolated, to make you feel like you're alone, like you're the only one who struggles with your hurt. He wants you to feel like you'll be judged, excluded, and rejected if you open up to anybody. He wants you to walk alone under the immense weight of shame, guilt, and hopelessness. But see, that's not the way God designed his body to work. One of the major functions of this church body is to do the one another's. And Paul talks about them all throughout his letters. There are over 50 one another's in scripture. Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, accept one another, instruct one another, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgive one another, build each other up, carry one one another's burdens. These are just a few of them. Listen, I know life is hard. We all know it's hard. 
And the truth is, we all struggle. None of us are perfect. We're all broken people simply walking through this life the best way that we can, allowing God's Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. Nobody here, nobody here has it all together. I can promise you that. That one person that you look at and think, man, if I could just have what they have, if I could just be who they are, I'm telling you, they're just as broken and have just as many struggles as you do. But here's the hope in all of it. We don't have to carry our burdens by ourselves. We don't have to walk through this life alone. We, as the body of Christ, have each other's backs. We care for each other. We cry with each other. We laugh with each other. We live life together. That's why we tell you how important it is to be in a small group, to do life with others. It's essential to a healthy body. So I don't know what you're struggling with today, but I know this. I know the majority of us are struggling with one burden or another. I have found in my life that it's a rarity, it's rare that I'm going through life not struggling with some sort of burden. Some burdens are bigger than others, but most of the time I'm either in a storm or coming out of a storm or getting ready to go into another one. And that's just life. I want you to know that some of you are carrying heavy, heavy burdens and it's crushing the very life out of you. And I want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone. See, there are those of us who have walked through some very painful storms in life and God has seen us through to the other side. So we know the path. We know the pain. We know the pain of losing a loved one and the deep pain of grief that comes with that. We know the bonds of addiction and the desperation to be free from it. We know the bitterness of unforgiveness and how it corrupts the heart. We know the betrayal of adultery and the helplessness that is felt in that. We know the pains of divorce and the effect that it has on the entire family. We know the fear of rejection and the doubt of acceptance. We know the horrors of sexual abuse and physical abuse. We know the degrading effects of verbal abuse. We know what it's like to lose a job and wonder how the bills are going to get paid. We understand what it's like to go through illness and disease. We understand all these things because we've walked them. And this church body, this body of believers of Jesus Christ, will walk them with you.